Yes, my friends, and welcome back to the John Mahon Show, powered as always by Forever Loud. Hell to the yeah. Back after last week's show with old Charlie, Charlie Simp. Chaz a simps. You're a simp for Charlie. Aren't you? I am a massive simp for Mr. Simpson. And in case you missed our episode last week with Charlie Simpson, where we spoke all about Fight Star, not only returning, but returning with their biggest ever headline show to date next year at the Ovo Wembley Arena, then two ways you can ingest that. You can obviously go back on the YouTube channel and watch it there. And as of hopefully know, tomorrow, maybe the day after, you'll be able to listen to the audio podcast as well, because we're getting our shit together. Yeah, well, you got some, we got someone helping. Yeah, shout out to Simon Wilson, by the way. I said it at the end of last week's episode, but Simon has jumped on board and is taking care of the audio editing side yeah. for the John Mahon show, which was needed. Yeah, because you couldn't take out your uh, sort of workout schedule to fit in the audio <laughs> editing. Because... You know, a couple of hours of the day dedicated to, for pumping. Yeah, and the last thing pumping I need iron. is my own voice in my head whilst I'm trying to focus on shifting weight. Yeah, make you worse. Yeah. You're fat. <laughs> it would make me more pissed off, though. So on today's show, my friends, you will probably already be aware of the fact that we are going to be joined by Yavid from King810. Yavid, or David, as it's spelt, but apparently it goes by Yavid. Yavid, yeah who is the lead singer of King 810, and they are, well, they have been currently out on the road in Europe for the Never Say Die Tour. Yeah. It comes to the United Kingdom this week. From uh, Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan. Murder capital. Not great water quality no, as well. Terrible water quality. <laughs> Dangerous, if anything. Yeah. I don't know if you know this about me, John, but I am also from the streets. Are from you? From the streets, yeah. Grew up, there's quite a few dodgy characters around when I was growing up. Okay. You know, we had like this guy who lived in a bin. And this guy who's just fucking obsessed with cookies. And then he had this like big guy, big, big guy. We called him Big Bird. There's the streets that you grew up I on. There's the streets I grew up on. The Sesame Street. <laughs> so It dawned on me that the guy who lived in the and bin and the guy who was obsessed with cookies. Same guy. No, Grouch was different than the Cookie Monster. Was he? Grouch is the green guy that lives in the bin. Ah. Cookie Monster's the blue guy. Ah, okay. Guy. Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> So, quick question, my friends. Do we look and sound okay? Because last week... We Not got... like like your an opinion on our appearance. Just the stream. Yeah. Like, is everything working okay? Because is... I, I don't look okay. You look beautiful. Shut up. I, I, well, we'll talk about this. I went, on, I went out on Saturday to see Atreyu, friends of the show. Yeah. And got very drunk. Uh-oh. And as it happens in your 30s, you get a two-day hangover. So, this today is day two. Damn. Yeah. How's the struggle? Powering bus? through. It's all right. Just a bit tired. Yeah. What time did you finish? I don't know, John. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> oh, well, Ollie. Well, you Craig only... says, shout out, Craig. Sounds good. Look handsome. So it's all the, all the, beer. All the praise I need. <laughs> Well, on today's show, as mentioned, we'll be speaking to Yavid from King810 about 21 minutes. And on top of that, we've got a couple of reactions that we're going to do later on. We're going to react to the crazy single that Meg The Stallion dropped with Spirit Box on, last, on last the week? remix. Yeah, which came out last week. We yeah. did actually mean to do it on last week's show. We just didn't get into it. And then we're going to react to the music video that literally dropped about half hour ago from Youngblood featuring Ollie Sykes of Bring Me The Horizon, which is very exciting. Happier. Yeah. I'm happier. Megan, shout out as well, says, sounds good, guys. Thank you. Megan so much. The Stallion Megan. in the chat. 
Oh, oh well, my God. Perfect preparation for what we're going to be reacting to later. We've also got a bit of When We Were Young Festival news to talk about later on. And we've got a question based on that theme too. And as Ollie alluded to, a couple of live reviews to do because we've both been to gigs over the last seven days. I didn't know I was doing a review. Well, it, yeah, review-ish. Yeah. Yeah. I can give my expert opinion. Expert opinion. My thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Your T's and F's. Yeah. What's your, wait, what'd you, you went to Queens of Stone Age... Have you been to any other gigs? Yeah, I went to see the Wonder Years play The Greatest Did Generation you? in full. Twice. Twice. I went to Birmingham and to London. Wow. And I also want to talk about the fact that on Saturday night I saw Skrillex. I really want to talk about that. Skrillex. Oh, Sonny Moore. Yeah. From first. From first. To last. Oh, what a band. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't know still that Skrillex is Sonny Moore. Yeah. And people don't know that before he was Skrillex... He was still doing his electronic shit, and he did most of the electronics on suicide, uh, yeah, suicide season. By did he? Yeah, so doing like Chelsea shit. smile when it like breaks down and like, yeah, all bam, like that was all done by Skrillex. No but fucking way. Before he was actually called Skrillex. Holy shit! Yeah. One day we'll get Jordan Fish on the show, and we can ask him stuff like that. Yeah, ask him about fishing. Fishing for hooks. Fishing for hooks. That doesn't really make sense because you use the hooks for fishing. Oh, anyway. And also talks about worship as well. What a great band. Yeah. What a great worship band. Worship before Sleep Token. Pre-Sleep Token. Coin that phrase. Well, before Yavid comes on, I actually want to play one of the new King 810 songs, if that's cool. Because... you asking me or... <laughs> yeah, because you're going to have to load it up. But Brains on the Asphalt off their forthcoming EP... Brains off the asphalt. Brains on the asphalt. On the asphalt. Which, so, uh, if you don't know, asphalt is commonly used on a uh, sort of tennis courts and football, old sort. Is of Is it like asphalt? Yeah, yeah. It's most you find them in like sort of uh, courts that are like on the street. Okay. And also, it's like yeah. So it's phrase like basketball courts. Of, so I imagine it's like referencing stamping someone's head on the asphalt. Uh. <laughs> I like that assumption. But yeah, this comes off the EP that King810 dropped this year called Follow My Tears, which we're going to be talking to Yavid about quite heavily in just a second. But this is a song that at the moment during their set list, they're playing third just behind opening with Love Will Under and sorry, Love Under Will and Alpha Omega. And this is fucking huge, man. This is such, such a tune. I was banging this earlier and... I'm annoyed that it didn't cross my path earlier this year. Fucking awesome. So, speaking of the visuals, I, on their YouTube, they've got a video, well, it's like an essay by David Gunn. It's like spoken word. And he talks about this dream or some, some like story that he wrote and he had this like vision and the visuals in that are from this like dream vision that he had. Oh, damn. So the guy with like the screen, like TV for the head and like the bird are all like these like people that he imagined and they just wrote this story it was very interesting Let's he's got that's what we want to he's got a very good way of words because like i feel like with heavy music it's hard like a lot of bands musically are quite deep but like lyrically don't like paint as a story as yeah. like as well yeah for sure because like i mean the the easiest thing to talk about in music is like heartbreak and all that yeah the sad shit but then if you want to like paint this like a story of like 
all the ups and downs in like a beautiful creative way it takes a bit more than just being like oh i'm sad yeah yeah 100 percent. like it's one of the reasons why i want to love 21 pilots so much is because tyler joseph finds a way with like lyrical poetry to paint feelings and thoughts into like metaphors and visualizations that like you as a listener go holy shit i yeah. felt that thing but i could never put that thing into also words. it's like it's one of those ways of writing where it could have different meanings to different yeah, people open to interpret yeah like just visual or like metaphors that you craft and about something where someone could hear it and be like oh that i feel like that relates to my situation yeah. where it's probably written about something completely different yeah and that's what i think they're good at because obviously he's from a very like rough and rough violent and violent upbringing uh, but yeah people over here but probably completely different walks of life can gravitate towards it yeah because lyrically you compare those thoughts yeah. and feelings to different struggles in various different aspects of being a human being and like even though the subject matter might differ the actual relationship between the words and the feelings are quite similar exactly hell yeah well let's do a shout out to jasmine from the noise cartel in the chat what's happening my friend saying i'm here for this hook this up to my veins yes indeed that brand new king 810 ep is <laughs> fucking fire from start to finish so definitely going to be asking Yavid all about that when he joins us in about 10 minutes time but the one of the reasons why we're talking to Yavid today is because they're currently out on the road for the Never Say Die tour which has just completed its European leg and it's about to start the UK leg beginning in Birmingham tomorrow night which is Tuesday as we're recording live right now but if you listen to us in the future probably been and gone but have you ever it's been the nature of time isn't it yeah <laughs> it, you're not watching it now it's a full Gaze. It's, yeah, it's a weasel. It's a woozy. It's a, <laughs> it's a Shout out McConaughey. Have you ever been to the Never Say Die tour? Well, we spoke about this before, and I didn't remember. But then we got up the old lineups. Yep. So I get them up on here. Yeah. Get them up. Get them up. Get them up high. Now we're gonna go from side to side, front so, to back, back. The first ever Never Say. It wasn't like a full. It was like a club tour, and I didn't. I don't think I realized it, it was Never Say Die at the time. But it was 2007, showing my age, <laughs> and it was a comeback kid headlining Parkway Drive, Cancer Bats, The Warriors, and This Is Hell. What a bloody lineup. That's fucking stupid. Like, that is actually stupid. I went to Manchester, Jilly's Rock World, which is probably like, I'm going to say less than 500 cap. Jesus. Maybe 500. Oh, shit. I don't, I don't think it's open anymore, but that yeah, was I doubt, I doubt it stood the test of time. So, like, they've had a stack. Like we, I was looking at this before, like 2008, which is like the first full, the full tour, and then Parkway Drive. That's a fucking mad line little, when you little, little band architect. Yeah, like the fact Protest that the Hero used to be one of my favorite bands growing up. Great band. Where do I know the name Protest the Hero from? Uh, the band. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But where do I know the band I don't name know. from? I feel, I feel like they were part of like my first go around it at Kerrang Radio. Like Maybe they did. Yeah. Do you know what? I used to watch the singers like video blogs all the time. It's mm. really funny. But how mad is it to see architects sat underneath despised icon in an earth? Yeah. And even Parkway to a certain extent. I mean, I imagine now when both... Well, no, when they did download this year, didn't, weren't architects on after Parkway Drive? Or am I just imagining that? No, just different days. Different days, right. Um, next year, I mean, architects got, went a bit high in the bill. Yeah. But despised icon, what just band? Headliners. I wrestled a bear once as well. Shout out. Courtney. Yeah. Mike. Courtney LaPlante holy shit and then the ghost inside opening that show as well yeah fuck me do you remember horse the band no they are like nintendo core <laughs> <laughs> they were great <laughs> is that oceana yeah and then parkway finally got around to headlining it yeah rolls reverse yeah comeback kid supporting bleeding through 
fucking hell. Yeah, immure. And we came as Romans opening the show. You like, forget that like some a lot of bands that like have got popular over the past ten years all started somewhere, and they probably yeah. and then people probably didn't know who they who they were when they were on these tours. Yeah, and what's mad as well is what like looking through these lineups. How consistent has the booking been for Never Say Die? Like every year they've managed yeah. to get bands. The word alive. Who have then gone on to blow the fuck up. One sec, yeah, go back to that one. Because would that have been Mitch Lucas' Suicide Silence as well? 2011. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Immure again. D's Nuts. Vanna. Oh, I used to love Vanna. They had this one song which was like my most played. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> Safe to Say, I think it was. Sick. And it was just, I just used to play that on repeat. It was so good. Love that. Then we came as Romans headlined in 2012. What a line at that as well. Bless the fall. Hey, baby, here's that song you wanted. What a fucking rage. Hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking tune. That's the year that I went. In your... 2013. No, it wasn't. It was a later one. Because it, uh, it, uh, I got this confused earlier. Little band, North Lane. Yeah. The bomb. It was the year that North Lane and Amur played again, but it was the next time around they came. I like that they bring like the same bands back. Yeah. Every now and then. That's a fucking lineup. Am and E Defeater, Being as an Ocean. Cruel Hand, Fit for a King. And was yeah. that Ocean's 8 Alaska? Uh, burning Down Alaska. Oh, burning Down Alaska. They're not eating it. They're burning no. it down. Highly flammable place, Alaska. <laughs> it's not really. <laughs> That's the sarcasm. <laughs> Whitechapel, they are. Can't effects. Make them suffer. Saw them the other week. Did you? Supporting straight from the path. Oh, let's go. Yeah, this this was the year. No, it wasn't. Was this the year that I went? Kublai Khan. A North Lane on that lineup as well? No. No. I don't think it was that year then. This one? Because no, I swear a mule were there. So this is 2018. And then there was obviously a, a two-year blip. Maybe it was 2013 that I went then. There was a two-year blip. Yeah, we don't know what happened then. Don't know what happened. No <laughs> idea. No idea. And then, and then King 810. Made uh, this was last year. Made well. their first appearance on it after the burial, suicide, silence, current, spite, and then fast forward to this year, and we got nasty King X10 1056, which is Aaron used to be in Betraying the Martyr. Okay, and I spoke to him on Forever Loud, and he's it's he's like a British guy, but he lives in France, and he was like doing it with his uh his mates. He was doing it with his bandmates, and then because they're in France, he just switches to French to talk to them. It was so weird. It was just like, you're right, mate, you're right, mate. And then like, ah, j'adore. <laughs> Bridget got in touch saying those lineups are pretty good though. Yeah, I mean. Say that name again. Bridget. <laughs> Bridget. Yeah. Or is it Bridget? <laughs> All right. I've never heard anyone pronounce Bridget, Bridget before. I'm dyslexic, that's bro. That's Give me a break. <laughs> that's not even a dyslexic. That's just a pronunciation. You read, you read it, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, the, back on to Bridget's point. John Mahon show. <laughs> which is what oh, damn. people have said before. That's that's like a common thing, isn't it? I feel like people haven't heard you say your name. Yeah, I, I get Mahon quite a lot. I think it's Mahon. The worst one I ever got was I had a teacher in primary, primary school who'd say Mon, And it's like, dude, there's like two vowels. John Mon. Yeah. John Mon. There's an A and an O. Like, pronounce those. Don't just make it one continuous sound. Jean Maha. If I was French. Jean Maha. So, <laughs> so in about three minutes time, my friends, we will be joined by Yavid from King810. We got any King810 fans in the chat? If so, let us know how excited you are to hear from him ahead of the Never Say Die performance. And if anyone's going to the Never Say Die tour, let us know that as well. Jasmine says you should hear people trying to pronounce La Amy. Did I pronounce that right? 
לאמי. למי. 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 Oh, Lammy. 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 Lammy, right. <laughs> I'm with you now. Anyone else got any names you, you want us to try and pronounce? Do you ever get any? Oh, yeah. My last name's stupid. But we'll move on. <laughs> Lammy. There we go. We nailed that. So, yeah, Yavid will be joining us in about a minute's time. But, yeah, as I said, if anyone is headed to the Never Say Die Tour, which is taking place this week, kicking off in Birmingham this Tuesday, then off to Manchester on Wednesday, mm-hmm. Bristol on Thursday, and on Friday, the O2 Academy Islington in London. Put on your... Moshing shoes. Yeah. Because there's going to be, I imagine, some mosh pits in that show. <laughs> a fair few. Like, some expect, limbs going around. Expect people throwing elbows left, right, and center. Craig McKines got in touch to say he's seen King Gate 10 for the first time with Slipknot and Corn in 2013. Been hooked ever since. Also, my last name gets some pretty weird attempts. Well, you just said McKines. Is it, is, I'm assuming it's McInnes. Is it McInnes ah. or McKines? This like, show is just us pronouncing people's names wrongly. Like Guinness. <laughs> McInnes. McKines? Well, this is, we're just waiting for him to reply. Yeah. Come on, Craig. Come Tell on, us John if we're Mark. right or wrong. Who's right? Um, is it McInnes or McKines? Am I right or is Ollie right? <laughs> Nothing. Well. Just leave it. Just, <laughs> just, just, just wait here. Turn up. Cause chaos. This is going to be. And then leave and ponder. Great watching for anyone else that isn't in the chat yeah <laughs> and it's gonna be great audio for when we i got it in one well. mckinnes well so. right now my friends it is time for us to introduce you to today's guest welcome to the john mohan show yavid from king 810 how's it going how's bro it going? how's it going bro you good yeah can you hear me yeah, yeah all, all good. good thank you all good whereabouts in the world are you right now in where would this be Around Canary Wharf in London. Okay. Fish. It's nice around there. Yeah. It's a little too nice for my taste. <laughs> it's, it's the place where all the bankers work, so it's a bit of a corrupt You can area. tell. Yeah. It's got that energy. Yeah, you can tell because the facilities are all dumps, but everything costs $900. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Welcome to central London, man. It's well, a day off, though, so it's not that much... There's not that much going on. That's why I'm just in this room. Oh, that's good. Well, I mean, let's talk about that well-earned day off because you've been so hard at work over the last couple of weeks on the Never Say Die Tour, making your way around Europe. What was the reception like to the tour and the King Gate 10 set list? Reception is always better than I think it will be. Maybe that says something about my my pessimism, but I'm always surprised that as many people show up or appreciate what we're doing even after 10 years of coming over here and it seems to get a better response each time so that's also surprising hell yeah and i don't think i mean it might be a surprise from your perspective but from our perspective it's it's not a surprise in the slightest because the consistency of your musical output over the last few years has been undebatable like from your debut all the way through to this ep that you dropped this year like the king 810 sound has never taken a step back it's only ever evolved and 
as the lead singer songwriter and the man behind all of these ideas like have you noticed that level of confidence come through in like how your music has developed in terms of its production over the years yeah i've noticed because i think it's intentional well i hope it is but at the beginning of each project we kind of sit down and even if i'm sitting alone or with gene or talking to jp or josh who is like a member of the band and himself who uh, makes our records i always try to come with something new you know i don't want to make the same record twice i gotta challenge myself i know that sounds corny but it would be a lot simpler if i just made the first record again or second or third or fourth but try to come up with a new thing each time which i know everyone says that so it's kind of <laughs> just repeating these cliches but i think we've kind of done it and to the best of our abilities. We were speaking before about the one thing I like about your music is your lyrics like often paint like a story within within the songs. Is that something you try and do rather than just write straight up like matter matter of fact lyrics? Just try and put put more of a story in it so people can sort of interpret it in their own way. Yeah, that's the only thing I know how to do. I don't know the matter of fact. I know how to write facts in my stories, but all this stuff that um, is typical kind of themes or a way of writing i i'm not really i can't really write like that that's a different type of writing so i write stories that's what i've written since the beginning that's what i like that's what kind of inspires me or is interesting to me is to tell stories not vague poetry or whatever not to be pessimistic or say that that's what everyone else is doing but i find this could just be uh a misinterpretation on my end but a lot of stuff that i listen to or read through sounds like it's attempting to be so vague that everyone gets it and it's almost so vague that it's meaningless so i think in the attempt to win everyone over or turn nobody off you turn everyone off and win no one over for me anyway i, I guess that's a very interesting observation and like a, a, a an interesting look into a musician's perspective on other music as well because as someone who's been doing this as long as you have i can imagine you've seen a lot of people come and go and as you mentioned like those types who have been disingenuous and maybe just trying to people please whereas with king gate 10 like more often than not it feels like you're not here to people please you're here to connect with the people that fucking love you and if you're playing to someone new show them exactly what the fuck you're about as well and you don't hide or pull any of those punches no pulling punches is something i don't know how to do either so it's it's a little bit i guess i wasn't a people pleaser before i before we did all of this stuff you know we've never been that type of people so if you're not and your personality is not that type of personality then you're not going to it's not going to translate creatively or what have you as long as i just keep kind of trying to challenge creatively and not really worry about what everyone else is doing it it also helps that i'm kind of in an echo chamber not surrounded by people that think like me necessarily because not everyone does but we don't have to turn a record into anyone and ask what they think or we don't have to ask for money for anyone so we're independent which comes with its positive aspects and its negative aspects but we don't have anyone weighing in on what we're doing it's just me and my friends and there's no one to please <laughs> which could be a little bit lonely but not really it's fine 
Hell yeah. And I mean, that seems to me to be like almost the story of your life to a certain extent, like especially, you know, with like the nature in which like you grew up, your surroundings as well, like very much like you got to learn to survive out there, otherwise you won't. And I think that's something that a lot of people connected to, like with the Kingate 10 music, because I mean, the average person probably hasn't even come close to some of the stuff that you've experienced over your lifetime, but they can relate lyrically into their own personal struggles, be it with mental health or various different you know facets of existence and do you find that with your fan base when you're interacting with fans that they are like they know for a fact that some of them probably haven't even come close to where you've been but they can still relate yeah because it's kind of subjective isn't it so they they always say that too which i i kind of feel bad when they say stuff like that because they don't really need to i know everyone's experiences are everyone's experiences i don't expect anyone to have mine and even the people that I know that have had it pretty rough, I don't, I don't wish to have their experiences. So you kind of take it for whatever it is to you. And yeah, a lot of people tell me a lot of things when I meet them on the road about how songs have changed their lives and stuff, which is, it makes you feel good. Sometimes they tell you some really heavy stuff and it kind of brings you down, but it's for the better, I guess, you know? I think that's the thing about what we a lot of us love about heavy music is it's a healthy way of getting out all these feelings that you probably should channel into something positive. And I think heavy music is just that avenue that you can put all those things into and escape from stuff, which I think your music does perfectly. Thanks. I think so too. It's kind of like the psychology treatment. It's of sick to get well, right? It's a temporary bit of sickness to for a uh, little bit more longer lasting wellness, which that's what we're aiming for. But I'm not sure that that's always achieved, but that's kind of what we're going for. Just medicate with some heavy riffs. Yeah. Take two. <laughs> bit of circle pit therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen any circle pits when we play very much lately. Really? Nah, maybe. I don't really know. I guess I spend most of the show with my eyes closed, but when I open them sometimes, I don't know. Maybe I have to call for those types of things. Yeah. I kind of don't like breaking that. It's kind of a fourth wall thing for me where I, I don't make calls to the crowd, you know, because it would be like if the television started talking to you when you're watching it. I don't. I just don't feel like that's the my thing you know but no i never called for any of the stuff like that i never tell anyone in the crowd what to do so they probably usually they just stand there like what the hell am i watching (laughs) just with their minds scattered all over the ceiling hope i hope i hope so kind of think of it as more of a performance anyway so i don't i don't get let down afterward if uh, someone wasn't moving or doing a circle pit or a whatever you know i don't i don't care if they all sit on the floor and watch with their legs crossed it's their show so it doesn't really matter to me what they do i love that i'm just as pleased i love that concept man and one thing i wanted to talk about actually and it's funny that you like bring up the reference of breaking a fourth wall and it feeling like a performance and if the the tv show you were watching was going to start talking to you because i've looked up what you're currently doing on this run and like it what I've basically read up on and like some intel that I've got from from people who've been to the shows is that at the moment there's a narrative going through the Kingate 10 story on when you're playing live. There is an actual storyline running throughout this show and it revolves around a piano. Yeah, the set is about an enchanted piano. So it's a, it's a short story that we came up with and kind of act out. It's almost like a theater show. So people likely will 
have a lot of criticism for it and uh, just tell us that we need to play our instruments and stop trying to be weird. But it just so happens to be that we've been weird for 10 years now. So it's just the way it is. But it's a, you know, it's about an enchanted piano and the members of the group interact with it throughout the set. And there's kind of an act one, act two, act three sequence, similar to what we did at Bloodstock. We had a, uh, a show, a little theater show called The Dictator. And that was a, a story too, a little short story. And this is just a different short story. So it's, again, it's kind of a theater show. And it's not so much, you know, if you're trying to, usually what people do when they try to do a good show or do something extra, they have those types of aspirations is maybe bring in a lighting package or some, some ego risers or just to add some extra value to the, to the show for the crowd. But this is kind of more along the lines of what we like, which is a little bit more theater style where it's not as, as rock and roll. We still play our, play our stuff, but it's less rock and roll and a little more theater than I guess the rock show typically would be with this, you know, smoke machines and pyro and other stuff that people kind of go to. So yeah, it's, it's just a little story that we tell and I think it's about 45 minutes. So when you show up, there's an intro. It starts, we play a handful of songs and then it concludes at the end. And if nothing else, you'll at least be morbidly curious. I guess it makes it every time people come and see you on a different run, it's like a completely different show. So it's not like just seeing the same thing, just repackaged with, yeah, like you say, different lights, different, different screens. It's a completely different like vehicle for your music. Yeah. With that and with the songs, we, we never play the same set in the, in the, in the, in the same city more, more than once, you know, so we'll pick a handful of songs that we don't play in that place and, or haven't played. And then we'll try to write the story with that in mind and make it fit with the movements and the skits and the sketches and yeah that's how it kind of works and we try to do that for each tour it's kind of a little bit newer of a thing but when we did the dictator thing at bloodstock it was really fun and engaging and it was kind of what we already talked about at the first question was it was a more of a challenge and it wasn't just getting up there and doing the same thing we've been doing for 20 years it was new ideas new challenges so you get you get that and playing new songs so that's awesome and especially considering the new songs that you got in the set list at the moment brains on the asphalt and widdershins are the two new ones that you're playing on this run from the 2023 ep how have you found them slotting into this this storyline aspect the new material and like the relationship they're having with older songs when you build a storyline around them they're really hard to play so there are a lot of work on the vocal the, this ep is the hardest songs to play vocally i think brains is the hardest for me to do it's a lot of breath i guess so that's a little bit rough but um even on the old records though we come up with the story uh, we have the story of this enchanted piano and and we select the songs that kind of feel like they belong in the movie if it were the same character the same personality so we're playing a couple of these ones from the new EP, which by now is uh, not that new, maybe eight months or something. But then we'll also go back and pick old stuff from old records that we have never played before. So there's a couple of songs that we've never played live before on this one. We try to do that each time. Uh, which songs are those on this run? 
you want me to tell you the song so then people won't be oh, surprised okay. or happy. But I guess now that you've mentioned it, though, no one is surprised or happy about anything. Right? They just open their phone and there's yeah, there's a list of whatever you played and everything to be. Ever I am a, I am a setlist nerd myself. Like before I go to shows, okay. like I got to have a look. I need to know See, what I've, I've really? never done it. Yeah, I, never do I, I have to have a look. No, I've never done it any either. It's kind of like looking at the the screenplay before yeah. you go watch the movie, isn't it? But we play one from the AK Concerto album, Love Under Will, which is pretty awesome and dark. And it, and it fits that kind of haunting vibe of the theme of the show. And we, we, we did this for a few shows before we came in the States. So it was kind of Halloween-y and it was dark. And we play uh, another record, uh, one called Black Rifle from Suicide King, which was, it's a slower piano song about maybe I don't know, five years old or something like that. So it's a drop, a little bit of a calm down before the end of the set. So that's a little bit something different too, because it's about a piano. We we have a dozens of piano songs, so we kind of made sense, and it, it's fun to play. So and it's also very different. It's a, a lot of hardcore-ish bands. I don't know if that's an insult to them, but it's a, it's a lot of hardcore music on the bill, and so we kind of always try to run in the other direction yeah that the selection of black rifle for me like because i was listening to the set list you're playing at the moment before you came on today just to kind of get an idea because when i heard about this piano storyline i was like trying to piece it together in my mind and yeah a, a song like that which almost feels ballady in a sense compared to your other material because it is of a slower tempo and it's got you know a lot more melodic elements to it but it's still got that core king 810 structure so i can imagine that's nice little bit of breathing room especially considering the you know where that place is in your set list it comes after like quite a few heavy tunes like back to back so before you go into almost the final act of this set list that's probably is that where you do where you'd consider like you know the the story almost coming to a conclusion just before you go into the end yeah it's kind of a sketch the story out and the main beats the main little points for the live show we kind of design it as you want to come out pretty strong we come out actually kind of weird but <clears throat> as the show goes you kind of climb and then we usually dip around maybe the second half of the second act or what would be three quarters of the way through and then you want to end on the high note not not you but we that's what we want yeah for the, just for the momentum of the show so the stories are kind of written around that formula for the for the show and that's what the song selection is and then we design the sketches in between the songs to that kind of makes sense with that so that's a good song to drop about three quarters of the way through uh, kind of chill everything out before just because with juxtaposition, I think you know, "Kill 'Em All" sounds heavier if it's next to "Black Rifle" than it does if it's next to "Wittershins," which is very heavy. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's just using. Yeah, it's it's the run of three of like "Heavy Lies the Crown," "Fat Around the Heart," "Wittershins," where I was just like, "Fuck me!" That is just spoilers. Yeah, spoiler warning. Spoiler. <laughs> it's okay. Yes, yeah, it's, it's tough, and our our sets are really. Our sets are kind of tough because we, we don't do the thing where we take a break and walk around like sipping water and telling people um, who we are. So it, 
nailing these things one after another is a bit rough. I guess I'm lying though. We've been playing this European set, which is which is not so bad. But tomorrow we play in the UK and we have more songs in the set. So we play uh, we play more songs, some older songs, and we play "Say Cheese and Die," which is off the new thing. So it's kind of more of a jam, you know. And yeah, it's just a lot of songs without without a stopping. But that's kind of cool. I like to do that. I don't know. People seem to like it when you can pack, you know, the band plays eight or nine songs. We can pay, play 12 because because we don't stop to dick around, I guess. Damn. Add, you know, stuff like that. I love that, man. I love that so much. And one thing I wanted to ask you about was it feels like something that you were doing on your first record, you know, where you had the tunes where it was just you, no melody, no nothing. And you're just reciting bar after mm-hmm. bar, like the impact and power that something like that has when you're listening to a long play record, where out of nowhere, it's just you talking, no melody, direct contact with the listener. It feels like the natural evolution of that was for you to incorporate, I mean, stuff from the Avid Side Project, the bars and the, the, the hip hop and the rap influence that obviously quite clearly like runs through your music taste. Like in terms of the King 810 sound over the years, how have you found going from, you know, just pure spoken words, no beat, no melody, just you, your voice, and you're maintaining tempo with yourself to then incorporating more of that rap trap based sound later down the line? I forgot the question. <laughs> that was a long one. Wasn't yeah, it? it was a very, very long winded one. I know that I did all those things that you said, but um, did you just ask how I was finding it? Yeah, like in, ter- in terms of what it's brought to King Gate 10 as a band, like um, the. Oh, I think it's made me better. I think it's. I think I've gotten better. Maybe I'm delusional, but I think exercise and, and practice makes it's not bad for you. Even if what you're making is shit, it's still a repetition, right? If you show up each day and, and do that. And that's kind of why I started doing it anyways, because it was a creative challenge and more, more, uh, I don't know, I guess different altogether. It didn't feel like the same thing. I didn't want you know, to it to be the same thing. I wanted it to be different, but I also thought a couple albums ago that it was noticeable that I was getting better, I guess. I don't know how to really say that because it sounds like I think I'm good, but I just noticed it was a stronger writing, stronger little pockets and cadences and polyrhythms and stuff like that were adding to it, I thought. I guess it was giving me some new little tricks that i was using so it didn't hurt uh, the first record sounds very now when i listen to it linear interesting uh there's less not only melody but just the intervallic value the little motifs the, the polyrhythms they're not as good it's still good stuff but it's a bit stock i guess i didn't know it at the time that's not what i was doing but you know you could lay for example and kill them all you can lay the verses right on top of each other and they're almost syllable for syllable they're different words and so is the pre-chorus and so is the hook and so is the post-chorus but there's a little more variation meandering type of thing now that i've noticed and i think that comes from writing in other capacities Mm. i think it adds to it even like i said if i try other things and they sound like shit i still bring new things or developments or new tricks or skills or whatever you want to call them back to king so that's that's kind of cool to me i guess i've been trying to figure that out since the first record because 
the thing that was disappointing about the record, in my opinion, was I thought I was making a really heavy song and then an acoustic song or a spoken word because I wasn't clever enough to know how to blend them all together. So you could kind of see if you listen to this record or even the AK Concerto record, you don't get those acoustic songs because they're already in there. It's just well more well melded, I guess, is, is what I was trying to do. I'm nothing against those, but I thought I was doing it because I didn't have the skill to navigate all of it at once. So I I was saying, okay, this is a ballad or this is a acoustic song or something like that. Dude, what an answer, man. Because like, it's such an interesting perspective to have, especially with an artist that's as introspective as yourself going back and, you know, thoroughly analyzing who you were during your debut record and where you've come from over the course of different tunes. And I mean, like one thing that I had noticed was, you know, the the Yavid side project that you had been doing when you take your style and you put it over the top of some 808s and you kind of take the heaviness of the guitars out there. So it's kind of more just centered on a fucking solid beat and what you're saying, all of a sudden it's heavy in a completely different capacity because once again, the subjects and the themes and the things that you're talking about are 100% real. And, you know, what's usually associated with the rap genre as well is, you know, like people saying they've done stuff that they've not done or been places that they haven't been and just trying to pull from like the cliches to make themselves sound tougher. But in your case, it's shit that you've experienced and shit that you've seen and shit that you've been through. And like, what was your reception like from Kingate 10 fans and from rap fans when you did that side project? I haven't checked anyone's reception on anything <laughs> I've ever done. Oh, damn, okay. Fair. So I'm, I'm in, ba <laughs> I'm in the bad comments. shape right there. That's why I said I kind of live in an echo chamber, I guess, because uh, I limit my exposure to that kind of stuff. But I, I think that's right. I think when you... And it's not only in rap where people lie about absolutely everything. It's, it's also in rock too. But when when you scream or yell or have a grinding guitar or some type of bombastic drum or whatever it may be, you obscure things. You know, sometimes when I'm listening to a group, I can't even tell what it is they're saying, which just makes me sound old. But I mean, I mean it in a way that your words can't be heavy if you don't have words. So if you're screaming and and some some people are better at it than others and some it's not really my place to tell them how to do what it is they're doing, but when you can hear everything that you're saying over something like that, it tends to cut a little bit deeper. It's kind of like same with this spoken word poetry stuff that you mentioned before. You can't hide behind anything. It's just words and you can't scream to obscure the fact that you're just writing very cheap, vague poetry or whatever. You, you have to really grab people, the less elements you have. And it, it, it sounds easy to me. Uh, it's, it's easy to me when, when there's very loud and aggressive music blaring, you could scream almost anything, right? Uh, you know, these bands make songs about the stupidest shit you could imagine and people don't seem to care so when you take all that stuff away and you just have to have your voice and words that you wrote it's a little more i guess there's a little more at stake or it's a, at least a little more exposing or it's a little more revealing i guess you're a little you're kind of ass out you're out there by yourself it's not you can't say oh that guy has a really good guitar player just to 
uh, overlook the fact that he's a shitty vocalist. You know, you can't say shit like that because it's just you. So it's a little bit more that that was kind of uh, a plus to it. You know, it was again, that's the challenge. Hell yeah. And I mean, let's talk vocally as well, because talking about screams like you can hear the evolution of your scream over the years for sure. Like if you compare, you know, a song like Fat Around the Heart from when, you know, King Gate 10 first burst onto the scene to a tune like Windershins or Brains on the Asphalt. Like it is quite clear how you've honed in like the various different tones that you can get from a scream, whether it's that high pitch scream or the low pitch scream. But like one thing, as you pointed out, that I think is very consistent with you is if you're screaming, you can still understand what the fuck you're saying and was like with i'm guessing that was deliberate as well given your stance on this yeah all the bands that i like are like that so i think that was just gonna happen that way that's just what i like so that's just what i want and also i I don't think i'm great or anything but i also always uh put a lot of effort into the things that i write so they're important to me and they're not just things to wail off about i guess so that's one reason but yeah the first record sounds a little bit off because i they were pepper spraying me while i recorded it so that was why it sounds i would say the first record to me uh, would be La Petite More, the the second record. That's what I really sound like, I guess. The first album, I was getting bare maced for every song, bes- besides the slow ones. We did those a, se- a separate day, but all of the, from front to back, um, we did every song on the record with Pooch uh, getting maced. I was going to say, a, it was intentional then. It was intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there any reason? I was, trying to make a, I was trying to make a fucked up record. Yeah, so just getting that raw pain from the mess. Yeah, it was really rough, and it's you couldn't breathe. You know, once you once you get shot in the face, it's 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 okay and it goes away, but it doesn't go away if yeah. you're in a vocal booth and it's you know three feet across by three feet across, and they just keep spraying more in there every song. So, and we ran the record from the front to the back without the slow ones. So something like take it are the anatomies and eyes but other than that i think we did 10 songs from start to finish in one go with a lot of cans of mace jeez so not recommended if anyone wants to (laughs) record well i would if that's what they want to do i would be curious if they have ideas i'd like to i would i've kind of been looking for a new idea lately you know something like that but something different maybe damn that's that's like you know when you hear about like uh heath ledger preparing for the joke and like the methods that he went through in order to put himself in the mind state like of that character like that's like you very rarely hear about musicians like putting themselves through this level of physical exertion in order to make a record yeah it is a little bit method isn't it i'm here for it (laughs) it's real Yeah, I mean, like, go as far as it's gangster. Like, it sounds pretty. It's like it's like the Death Clock episode when they go into the submarine to make the album. Did they? Oh yeah, I saw them in America actually. Did you? They played just for Sleep Token. Ah, more bands need to be experimenting with these ideas because the the byproducts are phenomenal. And like, yeah, like if you're taking submissions, I'd like to hear anyone else's recommendations on like how you can up the ante of getting (laughs) maced in the vocal booth. Yeah. I've been thinking about I have other things like uh, suspension or something or something. There's something something to just kind of get out of the 
get out of your own self, I guess. I'd, I'd be interested in darkness because uh, I'm a big American football fan and uh, Aaron Rodgers in preparation for one season sent himself to one of those darkness retreats where it's darkness a, retreat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that would be right up yeah. your alley. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I've been thinking about that lately. What is the darkness retreat? So <laughs> you, lit, you, you literally go in into, a, yeah, yeah. into a room that's completely dark and like what they lock you in there for like two days or three days and they like put your food through a letterbox. You can do uh, longer if you want. Yeah. So yeah, it's a dark, there's no light. So you're in, in there with no light and it's, I'm, I've heard of people going for 10 days or 12 or two weeks. I guess it's like you've got I don't, nothing to escape other than your own thoughts, really. Yeah, so. like you confront everything whilst in there. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of don't exist, right? You can't see yourself. You can't, uh, I don't know, play on the phone, stuff like but that. People, people that come out of that have a new respect for the blind. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it makes me think of, you know, I think everyone at this point has caught COVID and losing your taste for a few weeks. And then when it comes back, you remember that first thing. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I still remember the first thing that because you don't know that it's came back, obviously. So you just you eat something and it's a pleasant surprise, way more so than it usually is. I imagine it's something like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like, watch out just in case King810 do decides to do a record in Eternal Darkness because that will be heavy as fuck. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> new think new set idea, so. just play a show but with all the lights off so no one can see anything oh that'd be nice wow yeah just pitch black i don't know who would participate yeah but that would be that would be pretty cool i think damn well wow well yavid we are so damn excited for the never say die tour which is starting in the uk tomorrow in birmingham and a slightly longer king 810 set list as well and i mean in terms of your thoughts going into this UK run, obviously you've done the Never Say Die tour before, so you're, you're not new to the setup, but I mean, like with this bill and with the show that you've got going on, like what can what can the UK fans expect this week from the Never Say Die tour? I wish I had something clever to say. I feel like you've explained it quite well during this, this chat. Mm. Like it sounds like a, yeah, like you were saying, more of a, it's a performance and something people probably won't see again unless you do the same thing. But Oh yeah, no, it's, yeah, all of that stuff. Uh, it's it's a show we've never done and probably won't do again. So I guess that is kind of the big deal. But I was trying to think of something clever or funny to say just to, <laughs> to be funny. But of course, it turns out my humor isn't really available right now. Also, if anyone's going but, to start yeah, a circle a good, pit. It's a good show. <laughs> yeah, good there's... Show. I guess if they want to do that, but <laughs> well, yeah, it's a it's a show that we uh, we've never played, and it's not likely we'll play it again. So it's a cool story, I guess. If you're into that type of stuff, you'll get a bit out of it. The bill's good. All of the bands are good. Um, it's a decent time, as far as I can tell. We'll be there. We'll be doing our show. We'll be hanging out. I always try to come out. Well, it sounds like a dick thing to say to play favorites, but I, I, I always, everyone in the UK has supported us for a really long time. So I always try to come out and pop out and see people that have came over the years. Some of them from the very beginning, you know, will come to a dozen shows in a row or something like that. And so. Maybe if you think the show sucks, I will be hanging around out there and you can just tell me what you think I can possibly do better. So, 
maybe I'll make it worth it for you next time. Amazing. Well, what a beautiful point to end the show on, Yavid. I can't wait to see the show in Birmingham tomorrow night. It's our home city, so we'll be popping down to, to check it out for sure. Sounds good. I think I'll be there. <laughs> I hope so. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you ever so much for your time today, my friend. We thank really you. do appreciate, appreciate you spending it. your day off with us and answering these questions. And there's a lot of King810 fans who've been watching live during the stream as well. And they're really appreciative of everything they had to say. So yeah, thank you ever so much for your time. You have to really appreciate it, man. Oh, Cheers, Evan. Appreciate it. Thank you. Nice. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Hell yeah. Yeah. Take, take care, <laughs> my friend. Take it easy. Nice one. Yeah. Thank you, dude. Oh, there my is. friends. What what a what an interview. What yeah. a man. What like, a great guy. What insight into like, artistic structure. Like a very interesting person. Yeah. Um just yeah. I feel like his brain works differently to a lot of yeah like he Yavid is a one of one type human being like with that perspective with like that level of intelligence that comes through what he does like everything like I took from that interview was like everything about Kinggate 10 is deliberate it's intentional and it has been thought about a hundred times before you get it yeah and it just goes to showing like the way they go about everything well like like you were saying it's a performance rather than a gig yeah it's a one-off performance yeah so my friends if you're heading to the never say die tour this week in the united kingdom you will need to get there for king 810 set as they are one of the main attractions on the tour nasty and your headliners but the dates are tomorrow night in birmingham tuesday the 24th wednesday the 22nd in manchester club academy as well yeah it's fair there's quite nice rooms yeah like um cozy it's going to be <laughs> i haven't been to bristol's swx but london's o2 academy islington that's a great yeah. venue great venue great location as well i had to go to a gig in shepherd's bush the other week which is in the asshole of nowhere uh, i don't know what was west london isn't it? yeah shepherd's bush is not too hard to get to circle line yeah i'm a and sea yeah <laughs> i'm a circle line guy you're a circle line guy yeah i like me a jubilee what's <laughs> <laughs> the elizabeth line now isn't it no. Is it? This is Jubilee is a separate. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I just thought they rebranded. No. Yeah. Well, my friends, that is our one of today's show done and dusted. We're going to take a very quick break, but don't you dare go anywhere because in the next part of today's show, we are going to be reacting to the Meg the Stallion and Spirit Box collaboration, the brand new music video from Youngblood. We'll review Ollie going to see a tray, you and me going to see the generation being played, the greatest generation being played in full live by the Wonder Years. Going to review me going, us going, we're not going to review the show. Yeah. We're going to review us going. Us going going yeah we're gonna we're gonna talk about the process of us going yeah. to these gigs you're in for a treat so don't go anywhere we'll see you in two minutes Bye. yes my friends and welcome back to the john mahon show sponsored sponsored powered as always by Forever sponsor Life. it yeah i won't give you any money <laughs> sponsor it. powered by forever fucking loud which is where you need to go to get all your music news from yeah and if you've just joined us you missed yavid gun or david gun from King 810. From King 810. So you can watch that YouTube. Yep. It will be Probably up as an audio YouTube. podcast probably this week. Basically, we're up to episode nine on making things a podcast. And Simon Wilson, who's been working BTS to help me get it closer to double figures, we have got a large chunk of them BTS. done. BTS are coming on. 
I imagine. Imagine, imagine the numbers that we do if, if we had BTS join us on the show. What would we talk about? How much your girlfriend loves K-pop? But their girlfriend, my girlfriend. Yeah, but like, how is it hard to dance all, all that time? Yeah. A lot. Do you have to spend a lot of time doing cardio? Do you know what? I have been to see some K-pop live and I would say it is intense. They play for like two or three hours. Yeah. Just dancing nonstop. Yeah. It's a show. It's a show and a half. And this show is a show and a half as well, sometimes. Yeah. What's the half? <laughs> <laughs> well, bullshit. the other half of the show is you watching right now. Shout out to Dr. Scott saying so lovely to see you gentlemen again. Welcome back. Welcome back, Dr. Scott. Lovely to have you. And it is time for us to get inside some reactions. And there's two on our list. Which one do you want to start with? Let's take a trip up the M1. To Donny. To Doncaster. To Donny, mate. And a little bit further up. Yeah. Or is it different? Yeah, it's Doncaster, then Sheffield. So, yeah. Kings of the North. Kings of the Emo North. Yeah. Flying the flag. Youngblood versus... Versus. Versus Ollie Sykes. Featuring Ollie Sykes. I tell you what, if it was a fight between Youngblood and Ollie Sykes, Ollie would win that hands down. Oh, yeah. He's, He's... Got some guns now. Yeah, it? man, he's been he's been pumping some way. Got some vegan oh, yeah. protein powders on the go. So this song "Happier" came out a few weeks ago, but today, as of like two an, an hour ago, yeah, music video dropped. Music video dropped. So let's check it. Check it out. Those old TVs, old, the old pal. It's really hard for cameras to pick it up. Is it? Do you know because it's all like oh uh, yeah, like because like, <laughs> like the frame rates and stuff. It just yeah. I don't know, all the tech, technical side behind But you're trying to. But yeah, it doesn't, yeah, the cameras struggle to pick up those old TVs. Damn. So they probably had to green screen some of that. Well, no, they just left it in. They were just, did you not see all the TVs? Just oh, were they just flickering? Yeah. Because that was going to be the reference that, to Obey that I thought was running through this. Because obviously Obey was very much like... Obey was like... Video game, like kaijus, like... Yeah, which is very Japanese. Yeah, so it felt like a little bit of a callback to the Obey music video as well. But I feel like they were just like, we're in Japan, let's just go shoot a little shit. Yeah. And make a video. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to some arcades. Yeah. That nightclub that, that the they street. were filming in looked fucking sick as well. I remember was it Malevolence had a video in Japan. Why the top comments is like one day that you're just gonna see a music video and it's just other bands like performing in the background because everyone shoots the music videos <laughs> on the streets of like Tokyo. <laughs> just another band in the back of a yeah. band shot. <laughs> that would be amazing. But I think Ollie's feature is just about to hit. And if you've listened to this tune before, like the thing that I loved when I first heard this song is this is what I think Youngblood does really well. Like I feel like some of his like latter current singles have been just lacking a punch, if that makes yeah. sense. Like they felt just a little bit. And I don't think monotonous is the right word. I like, like it when he goes more, more emo. Yeah. Like leans into the yeah. scene side. Like, there was a tune called Low Life that he dropped that like, for me, it just like, it plodded along a little bit and it never had that energetic kick that you get from a Youngblood live show. Yeah. But I feel, I, I can't, I saw an interview, maybe it was just a quote about this song and he was like, this is the first song in a while that he's sort of, when he was writing it, he was like, yes, this is what I want to do. Yeah. This is the music I want to write. Yeah. I'd be interested to see if, 
you know Jordan or Ollie did anything on the production side because obviously you know those kinds of synths and those samples a lot of stuff that yeah. Bring Me have been messing around with you look at Die For You and Strangers I wonder if it's in the uh, sometimes music video I don't know sometimes in these songs they give you like the credits yeah like the writer's credits minutes. but now should we get back into it nah <laughs> But those are those are the yeah, characters, they're, they're, they're characters, the robots. In, in Obey. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Oh, one sec. What's on the screens? Oh, it just says happier and then Young Happy, Blood's logo. Bring Me the Horizon. I can't figure out anything else. Yeah, Young Blood down bottom left. You've got Bring Me the Horizon in blue at the top as well. Let's go. It's a party tune though, isn't it? It's a proper yeah. party tune. Which I think Young Blood does really well. Like when you go and see a Young Blood show. It's like an, an emo party. Yeah, lyrically, it's. I mean, it's, it's kind of. It's got a positive spin, but it's still like sad. The big happened. sad. <laughs> well, it's. But I'm not broken. I just need a rest. Yeah, which I, I feel like. Yeah, a lot of the time after your weekend. Yeah. So, Youngblood's latest single, my friends, "Happier" featuring Ollie Sykes and "Bring Me the Horizon." How do we feel about it? Dom and Ollie. Yeah, let us know in the chat and in the comment section your feelings about the brand new tune between Ollie Sykes and "Bring Me the Horizon" and Youngblood's. How do you feel? Um, well, after watching it, yeah, um, probably the same as I did before, but no, I've just watched the video. <laughs> I, I like it. I it's, like the song. It's kind of brought the song a little bit more to life for me. Yeah, I like Japan, <laughs> <laughs> and I like them. Yeah, like kaiju's as well, like video games. Well, there wasn't a kaiju. Kaiju are the monsters. Yeah, and then they get the robots to fight the kaiju yeah so there wasn't any kaiju okay <laughs> thanks ollie get it fucking right joe. <laughs> now joe up yeah like you were saying it's, <coughs> uh, it's got a lot of fan service in that in that video a lot of ollie and ollie and dom yeah is tumblr still a thing because there's a lot of tumblr shots yeah. in there yeah tumblr core <laughs> tumblr core <laughs> Whatever happened to Tumblr just died, didn't it? Is it still a thing? I don't think so. No. I, I I don't see anything in regards to Tumblr anymore. I feel like Reddit kind of became the new Tumblr. I'm still on Bebo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nah. I never was. Nah. MySpace all the way, baby. Yeah, baby. Right. That was our first reaction of two that we had to crank through. The second reaction. To crank it. Crank it. This is fucking <laughs> stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's not in a reaction as such because i've definitely listened to it a few times have yeah <laughs> i've listened to it as well i haven't seen the music video though have you there isn't a music video this is just a visualizer so it's just the um just a clip that plays oh, is over it? and over how well does rap work over metalcore man it's cool so i, I think i saw an interview with courtney and she was like it, it's different than just like a rock remix they, they put it as a rock remix but it's basically they just give Spirit Box, her acapella, like Megan's verses and chorus or whatever, and just said, do what, make your, make it your own. Sick. Obviously, they kept like, the stabs like, duh, duh, yeah. from like, the original, but obviously beefed them up. Yeah. Made them a bit more, because it's basically a Spirit Box song yeah. with Megan over the top. Yeah, which is fucking ridiculous. Because you don't get that often, like, usually on features or remixes, it's like the song, but we've added something else. Yeah. Whereas this is basically just a whole reimagining of Yeah. And because the chorus that Courtney sings coming up isn't in the original. Of it, yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's like, do you remember when Doja Cat played the VMAs? Yeah, and she did like a yeah, metal version. Of like two or three of her tunes. 
and like kind of like wore like an Amy Lee. Wasn't there like a rumor she was going to do like a punk album or something or like a pre-all rock album? But she was never, there? I think she said it on like a live stream that she wanted to do it, but has never came to fruition. Been, yeah. I mean, you're starting to see it more and more, man. Like, but it's cool because I've seen some pe- some haters. There's always haters online where they're like, "Oh, you've ru- ruined a good band for us." But it's like it's doing the opposite of anything. Yeah, it's bringing like Spirit Box. We're within our world. They're a big band. Yeah, but in the grand scheme of like popular mainstream music, music, they aren't. And this is opening them up to millions more people. Yeah. And, like, this could be the start of someone's journey into alternative music. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, I do like to think when stuff like this happens, like, how many fans of this genre just go, yeah, this fucks, I'm going to check out Spirit Box. And then they listen to Spirit Box, they discover, you know, Bring Me the Horizon or something like that, and then all of a sudden, bang, we got ourselves a new alt fan. Like, regardless of, uh, of if you like this song, it's still doing a good thing for the scene yeah as a whole i think yeah regardless of oh but it's a rapper over the top of a rock song how dare they i'm also so glad that they put courtney and megan on at the same time yeah like well she's singing and screaming over the top of like this flow yeah which i thought was really cool yeah like more again more of this like i know it's a real rare thing for a band like spirit box to get their hands on stems from an artist like meg the stallion but but if there is a way for us to start doing some more of this music industry please but it's also like it's crazy that it's if you go on megan's spotify and just the single cobra this one comes up first because i think it does it latest one that got released (laughs) sick so that's fucking perfect yeah. like how many shocked fans of meg the stallion and sat yeah. there with an aux cable in someone's car accidentally putting on the wrong version <laughs> also do you know the thought that i've just could had? stop <laughs> I'll, say, I'll, I'll let it run a little bit just so youtube doesn't try and shut the stream down there we go <laughs> how do you reckon meg the stallion heard about spirit box because i'm really curious as to find out like how this collaboration actually came to be like do you reckon meg is a fan of Spirit Box, period. There must be. I mean, I reckon she's probably a little rocker at heart. A little bit of a Marsha. Oh, just maybe used to listen to all that stuff. I know. No, she's an I Wrestled a Bear once fan. Yeah. <laughs> she's a huge I Wrestled a Bear once fan. Imagine. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> just anything. She was a massive sort of late noughties, early 2010s metalcore fan. Yeah, yeah, she's waiting on the Attack Attack reunion yeah. with Caleb. God. <laughs> Joe, she should do a, just a whole album of remixes, but get like, you get like Caleb's to jump on one. Yep. Bring me. Bring me. Lorna oh. Shaw. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Will Ramos <laughs> like the stallion. <laughs> Whatever is fucking... That was, a, that was a pretty solid uh, <laughs> Ramos. Just me cro- croaking my voice. Yeah. There was no technique in that. Yeah, you got <laughs> it though. <laughs> then it ends. I feel like it It was like teasing for like a breakdown or something. Then. Yeah. That's what I always feel like at the end. But just I like, feel just like. Give me, just give me one more yank of the chain. But it's just like, I obviously have to, they can, can't go too far away from the original. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although actually in the original, there's like a guitar solo. Which is sound shit. So they probably like Michael's like, I ain't playing that. <laughs> but then, again, they they did add Courtney's singing part. Yeah, 
Yeah. Obviously so they gave us some lyrical freedom as well, which is nice. Yeah. So yeah, what do you make of that, my friends? Let us know. Spirit Box reimagining Meg the Stallion's Cobra. <laughs> Out of context, that sounds like a weird thing. Can you reimagine my Cobra? Oh, uh, all I do is imagine your Cobra on a daily basis. I don't reimagine. I don't need to reimagine anything. <laughs> Um, so we got a couple of bits and pieces to take care of before we sign out for today. Do you want to do the reviews next? Yes. Yeah. On Saturday, I went to see a Treyu. And I went KK's, to see Skrillex. KK Steel Mill, <laughs> which I found out is, um, KK from, mm, yeah. 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 I didn't realize it was just the name of a, of a steel mill. Um, Treyu, friend of the show, Brendan. Yep. And it was great. <laughs> That's my review. See you there. <laughs> no, they did. I mean, I'm <clears throat> not that familiar with a lot of the newer stuff. Like or anything from 2010 onwards. <laughs> but I wouldn't, it's not bad though. It's good. Mm. Because, do you know, when you, sometimes you see bands and they play like stuff that you don't know and you're like, oh, I wish they played the old stuff. This was like, the opposite of that because it all sounded great and they've got so many big like sing-along bit sing-along bits and big hit riffs and mm -hmm. stuff and then they threw in right side of the bed they did bleeding mascara and brendan played drums for it did he and i was really impressed with the bassist who because i was wondering who does a lot of the screamy stuff because brendan doesn't really do that much of it live but the bassist does oh, and really? he sounded great Damn. like at some points in the set he was just bass off just with a microphone holy shit front. that's cool yeah so like and i was with people that were obviously like no not a lot more training than i do mm. and they were like it was a great set list great choice yeah and also like they're they're new they did at least three eps this year and some of the songs on them are bangers yeah we Absolute talked about a couple bangers. on the show yeah so if you haven't checked out new atreyu and they've just announced that the free EPs are going to make be made into like a whole record, so you can buy that in December. Oh damn! So it's going to be available as like one piece of work rather than Sick. three separate things. That's cool. I like that. Talk about the cover that they did. Oh well. <laughs> so they go off, and you obviously you're waiting for the encore. You're like, oh, what are they going to play for the encore? And they did. So the bassist got out of sax. Was it the bassist? One of one of them got out sax 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 machine. <laughs> sax on my phone. And he started playing Careless Whisper by George Michael. Yeah, just... And then they did um, Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> yeah. As, a, as an encore, which is... I mean, everyone was fucking loving it. Yeah. That on a sa Saturday night. Saturday night, everyone's, got, everyone's a bit drunk. And then a Treyu of all bands whip out. <laughs> whip out a Whitney cover. Yeah. So it was really fun. That's fucking a ridiculous. Very fun night. I'm not going to give it a number because I hate it when... Yeah. Do you know what? Like, Go on. obviously people, Rant. people like reviews. People like to read reviews. But I just feel like putting a number on something just can like... Demerit it. Yeah. Like, how can you... Especially when people do like five out of five. Like, yeah. Is a free good? Yeah. Because sometimes it's a bit... I've, do you know where I've... Like, I don't necessarily mind it so much for live shows. Like, I can I can take it or leave it on a live show. Do you know where I really hate it is album reviews? Yeah. Like, fuck rating an album on a scale of one to also ten. Also, like... like how, what are you comparing it to? People, like, 
that review them probably just listen to it once. Yeah. And then put had to write a piece. Yeah. It's like some albums are growers. Yeah. Some and some people aren't even fans of the band that they're reviewing. Yeah. Or they might have a personal feeling towards the band that they are reviewing. And then they go, eh, do you know what? I, I don't like it because like, I had this interaction more. Oh, this person works with them. And like I don't get yeah. on with that person. So I'm just going to give it blur. Leave the reviews to the professionals in the comment section. Yeah. Video. <laughs> and us, because, you know, we're your go-to music news source. And we're good at what we do. I used to love your, your older stuff was better. I'm your older work, your John. Your older stuff was better. <laughs> your older, my radio my, work, my older shows. Trust yeah. me when I say this, they absolutely are not. Like there's some interviews. <laughs> that no, I, I, remember, I like the classics though. Do you? you know, they, I mean, they were, at the time they were. To be fair, you you were there during my early days, the Scuzz TV days. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That was like an, on camera as well because you hadn't really done much camera. That first camera. Yeah. yeah. Got thrown in the deep end. Yeah. Chino. Chino. I wasn't actually on that shoot. Oh, I you weren't, I, were you? I think I edited it. I was better. Yeah. Me and Chino turned up wearing the same fucking shirt. Awkward. <laughs> and I was wearing a vest underneath so it's not as I could take it off because then I'm just sat there the whole interview with a fucking vest on. Did you bring it up in the interview? Yeah, I had to. Like, you can't have two men sat there in red plaid shirts and not say anything. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a Death Jones pun. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, back to school on that one. Right. I'm going to talk about the show that I was out on Saturday night. I went to see fucking Skrillex at the Warehouse Project in Manchester. Do you drop any E's? <laughs> I tell you what, Skrillex dropped some fucking bangers. Like that was the dropping that was going on. Like I looked at the set list beforehand and I was hoping that it was similar to like the last show that he did because there was a proper diverse mix of stuff. Like I'm a big fan of his new record, A Quest for Fire. But obviously, you know, a lot of people know Skrillex from like the Bangarang, Recess, Purple Lamborghini, like, you know, like the, the mainstreamy radio kind of hits. But it was Skrillex across the board, like every era, every incarnation that Skrillex has kind of had during his redefining process. Because every time he drops an album, he redefines dance music in some way. How long was his set? So he was on for just over an hour. Oh, really? I thought it'd be longer. But I think the reason why he didn't play for longer was because before Skrillex, you were meant to have a back-to-back -back between Peggy Goo and Fortet. Now, Peggy Goo didn't turn up. So Fortet... Peggy. Yeah. Peggy, 18. Peggy didn't turn up. So Fortet did a set beforehand. And if you know Skrillex and Fortet, you know that there's a third member who they used to form the group Pengborn House Mafia, a geezer who goes by the name of Fred again, who comes from our part of the world. I know Fred again. Yep. Again. Again. And he just so happened to be in London on that day. So he gets a phone call. And dude, Fred again's Instagram story from this day was fucking gold. So like at 9 p.m. or like 8 p.m. or 9 p.m., like the gig, like this all day a, a, a warehouse project open at like six or four or six p.m. something like that right it gets like 9 p.m. and Fred again's obviously had a call saying hey 
are you free? So on his Instagram story, he's like, I've just had the maddest call. We'll report back. Then his next video is him walking through Euston Station. Then yeah. his next video is him walking through Manchester Piccadilly. And then when he gets to Manchester, he d I think he decided to either walk to the venue or put like public transport to the venue because he keeps meeting people on the way. And every time he meets someone, he's like, do you want to come to the show tonight? Exactly. So in the end, he has like no exaggeration, like 12 people following him to Warehouse Project. And he's like, I wonder what my guest is allocation is for tonight and yeah, got there and they're like sorry mate yeah this <laughs> is full but though like the, the people that were in fred against posse not only went to the show but they were on stage with him during the entire thing That's so yeah it. skrillex finished and then introed fred again and then yeah they did a pengborn house mafia set. you should have gone out and pretended like you didn't have a ticket imagine tried to meet <laughs> fred could i get in fred big fan of your work mate any chance i could follow your party do you reckon i can uh jump on for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, to be, to be fair, <laughs> I do have a fucking mean mashup of Tears, which is on Skrillex's new record, and I've taken the acapella, because Bad Omens are a fuck like, right, I'm going off on one for a second. Bad Omens did something genius that more bands need to do. They released the acapella of A Death of Peace of Mind on YouTube. So every single acapella nice. of every single song is available on YouTube, which helps so much if you want your shit remixed or people to make mashups of their stuff. And yeah, I literally just got the, got the acapella of Just Pretend. I wonder I, if that, you get into... I guess they must have like a disc. Oh, because sometimes if you do remixes, and it it'll pick up on the vocal melody and be like, you need. Oh yeah, you need. Yeah, like you need it to get approved. But what I'm saying yeah. is, is that you can still use it to produce stuff that you play live. Like yeah. if you want to upload it anyway, like being a DJ in 2023 is fucking hard. I guess you of like can't. The uh, copyright uses. Yeah, you can't put it on Spotify. Or no, so you can't. Yeah, you can't do it there. Can't put it on uh, SoundCloud either. SoundCloud fucking hates it, um, which is annoying because you'd have thought SoundCloud is the way you can go to to yeah. put put your originals up. But yeah. I, I guess there is like a it does it says do you own this music own every sample yeah. and stuff. But yeah. yeah, but in the words of Fred again that evening, shout out to the greatest of all time, Skrillex, because Skrillex actually curated the entire lineup for that evening. And it was fucking unbelievable. No, uh, from first to last though, no noughties emo bands played. No. And he didn't even drop a rock tune during his set. Because I have seen Skrillex before. I saw him at IB for Rocks 2015 or 2016. And he dropped Chop Suey. <laughs> yeah. Like fully like dropped the, the bridge and the chorus. And then he played the song. And <laughs> <laughs> he was just eating. <laughs> oh, drop me Chop Suey. <laughs> God damn it, Ollie. <laughs> uh -uh. But that wasn't the only show I saw recently, my friends. I went to watch the Wonder Years perform The Greatest Generation in its entirety. Yeah, twice, in fact. Twice. Yeah, because once wasn't enough. And how was it? Ah, oh, bro. Out of 10. <laughs> flawless. Like, genuinely flawless. It's the best Wonder Years show I've ever seen. Where like, did you go? Birmingham? Birmingham Institute 2 and Shepherd's Bush Shepherd, in London. Oh, yeah. Hence the rant about Shepherd's Bush earlier. Dr. Scott was there as well saying it was awesome, wasn't it, mate? It was unbelievable. Like, for me, The Greatest Generation is the greatest pop-punk album of all time. Genuinely. Is it pop-punk, though? Yes. And I'll tell you why. Because it's got everything that you want from punk, like the DIY aesthetic, like the raw, gritty guitar tones. But then what makes it pop is hooks. Big fucking hooks. 
but then I don't know when you when I think of pop punk, I wouldn't put that in the same bracket as like Blink or Early Green Day. Would or you like not? Some forty one. You wouldn't though, would you? I would. When you think of those bands, like Story So Far, I don't. I mean, Story So Far maybe, but they're still more pop pop punky, like the classic pop punk sound. Yeah, exactly. The with like the, the whereas I don't think Wonder Years they used to back in the day, but I don't think they have that classic pop punk sound. So you wouldn't put the Greatest Generation in a pop punk category? I don't know, emo maybe. Emo, really? gets caught up in genres yeah look at us gatekeeping right now and yeah dr scott makes an amazing point shout out to origami angel too the support band yeah they were fucking fire like um, my boy ali horton was like you need to get there for the support band this evening and i'd never heard of him before and yeah they were unbelievable i didn't catch them in london we got there just i think they like had like a song or two left in their set but yeah the Greatest Generation is going to be performed at Infull at When We Were Young Festival oh, next yeah. year by the Wonder Years. But they've added some new artists to that. They, they have indeed, which is another thing that I wanted to talk to about. So the biggest shock for me, I mean, there's two that, you know, good bookings. We are the in crowd and Hey Monday. But the shock for me is Tonight Alive. Yeah. I thought they were done. Well, um, Jenna, is it? Singer? Yeah. She's got her like solo project. Heaven Shape. Heaven she. Oh, is it Heaven she? Yeah. I thought it was Heaven she. I think it's Heaven she. Like, I don't know. Oh, anyway, but she's still active, obviously singing. And I imagine, like, she probably haven't fallen out of your old bandmate. So yeah. I don't think they ever, like, officially called it a day, did they? I think they did. I genuinely, no. I, th- I thought the reason she created Heaven she was because she was, like, maybe, you know, done with Tonight Alive. Get an email. There's a, there's a number on that email. Yeah. There's a big number on that email. Like, should we? Yeah. Should we have a weekend in Vegas? And they're performing the other side in full. The thing is, like, well because they've added a second date now, so it's like, oh yeah, do you want to come and um, have a weekend in Vegas? Because yeah, I was I was joking I was joking about this over the weekend, right? Like American festivals do, I think, have it easier than UK festivals because, firstly, when we were young, are charging like four hundred fucking dollars for a day ticket. Yeah, and at I that mean, it is point, only one day though, isn't it? Yeah, and at that point, you can basically turn around to Gerard Way and Co. and go, "All right, then, boys, number on the table. How much for the Black Parade in its entirety?" Yeah, and they could write down a number, and you go, "Okay, cool." Do you reckon they got they asked they let the bands pick what album they wanted to do? Nah, I think I think they had an album that they wanted for bands each band. To do. Yeah, yeah, I reckon so. Like, because if you think about it, how many bands would want to turn around and go, "Okay, cool, yeah, we'll do our latest record in full then." But then, I don't know, because some, some of them are like, I don't know, like, for, I guess, Rise, um, For You're Strong are doing... Rise or Die Trying. No, the one after that. Enemy of the World. Enemy of the World, which is still a big, yeah. big album. Big album. But then I guess, yeah, if you were to request an album, you might request them doing Rise or Die Trying. I don't know, man. One second. Four years strong. What was the name of the album called again? Enemy of the World. Enemy of the World. That's my it's dude. Is it, time. Dude, this is my favorite Four Years Strong Wasting album. Time. It must really suck to be Four Years Strong. Yeah. Into Tonight We Feel Alive on a Saturday. Wasting time. Nineteen with neck tats. One step at a time. Flannel is the color of my energy, mate. Real quick as well, I want to shout out Bridget. 
Ollie. Bridget. Bridget saying your show is Bridget. awesome. I've discovered it just today in the USA. Very cool podcast. Thank you so much, Bridget. And shout out to an American viewer as well. Let's fucking go. Yeehaw. It's one of the reasons why we have the show on on this time. Firstly, so that we can get American artists because it's, you know, 7 till 9 p.m. in the UK right now. But in America, it's like, you know, midday to two or three in the afternoon. And that's made it easier for us getting US artists on the show. It's a bit of a friendlier time. And I never th I thought, well, I didn't never think. I was hoping one day we would have an American viewer, but I didn't realize it would come this soon. So shout out to yourself, Project, because... <laughs> I think you're our first American viewer. Well, we've probably had some in the past. They just haven't been. Just in, haven't in said the anything. Chat. But yeah, shout out to yourself, my friend. But yeah, I want to say, man, tonight alive doing the other side in full, like the ocean, lonely girl, title track, the other side, no difference. Say please, and you don't owe me anything. Fucking behave. Well, they, this is like the updated one. This is from the second date. Yeah. They've added. One of my favorite albums from the noughties is uh, Cartel Chroma, which I can't see on here, <laughs> but it is on there. And if anyone, they were so, there was like one year, maybe two years that they were like the next big thing. And this album was incredible. And they saw, I think they, got signed to a major, did another album, then sort of dropped off a bit. Oh, I hate it when that happens. But yeah, that album was like, soundtracked my teenage pop punk days. Yeah. 2005, I think it came out. Yeah, man. So what I wanted to end the show on, on the note of when we were young festival, is firstly, if you could ask Fall Out Boy to do any album in full, because they haven't said it yet, what album would you ask him to do? You've Taylor's got this new head filled up with smoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take this to your grave. Take this to your grave. I knew yeah. you were going to say that. I mean, they end, I mean, they already have um, Saturday. Usually end on Saturday, don't they? Yeah. Hence why Pete probably wouldn't want to do it because he gets going crowd. Where is your boy? What is it called? <laughs> a little like 16 candles, a little more. Touch me. That's on the next door. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, what else is on that? Uh, something that Space Camp Holiday at Space Camp That's a big tune Chicago so two years ago Yep 2003 Grenade that came out That's, 20, that's 20 years The uh, the patron saint of Liar and Fakes Is that on that record? I don't know can't remember One sec Let's pull it up I think it is Where is your boy? Yeah so, yeah, last track on the album, Painting Saint Is Eliza it? and Fate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. I remember. Yeah, Homesick at Space Camp, Grand Theft Autumn, Space Camp. Dead on Arrival. Tell that Mick. I'm good to go. And I'm going nowhere fast. And then my next question was going to be, well, actually, no, I'll give my answer, save rock and roll. My next question was going to be, fuck you. <laughs> Not a fucking chance. Like, are you telling me, like, if there was a chance at when we were young, for Fallout Boy to bring out Elton John for Save Rock and Roll, you wouldn't shit yourself if that happened. As if Elton John's going to come down to when we were young. Bro, he's retired. What else is he going to do? Yeah, but he won't get out of bed for like less than a mil, probably. <laughs> I keep hearing mental facts about Elton John. Loads of them. But anyway, my next question to you was going to be, what band with a seminal album isn't on that bill that you would like to see? What do you mean? The, As in like a band with a, aren't playing. a band with a big album that aren't playing that you'd love to see played in full? Paramore. 
Which one? Probably Riot. Yeah. Yeah, Riot's a shout. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I am surprised considering 2023 is the 10 year anniversary of Sem Paternal. But Bring Me are playing the Sick New World. So the sister festival. Yeah. So I feel like maybe they can't do both. Well, I feel like some some bands have done both. Plus as well, if Bring Me were to do both, it'd be a totally different set list if they were doing some paternal in full. Actually, do you know what? Just remind me. I did I completely forgot. I bought the um ten year reissue vinyl picture disc. And it's one of those when it spins it makes like images on the disc. Oh bring me. That's fucking like, cool. Yeah. I can't wait to get that. You'll have to post a video of that. Yeah. For sure. Well, I think it's just like, it's like, so when you look at it, it just looks like a mess. Yeah. But when you play it, it make it, it like changes, does like swirly shit. Sick. Oh, I fucking love that. Yeah. Other big bands that you'd have thought would have done. Oh, Craig says some 41 or killer. Oh, what a sick. shout. But are they, will they be done by then? By October next year, I think. No. Oh, maybe actually. Oh, yeah, because Download's their last ever UK festival. Oh, no, UK festival performance. I mean, they could have done. Very well could have done. Who else? I can't remember. Bowling for Soup. They could have been a great one. I know. Are they not playing? Are they playing? There's too many names on this to even bloody see. Yeah, I I can't see that on our screen. Bowling for Soup might have been on there. This is your worst... Nightmare yeah, as, a, as, as a dyslexic As a person. dyslexic, just text all crammed together. <laughs> I do oh, I do kind of feel like I saw something on Jarrett's Instagram saying that they were going to be there. No, Bowling for Soup played this year. They did. Yeah, so Bowling for Soup, they could have done Drunk Enough to Dance, Great Burrito. Oh, wait, Dr. Scott, Finch. What oh! What a fucking album that was. What a fucking shout, Dr. Scott. <clears throat> Letters to you. I used to like the the last song on that album is called Ender, which I think is a great name. I haven't listened <laughs> really to Finch in absolutely fucking ages. I'd have loved to have seen that. Weezer could have been a good one, doing a record in full. Well, the the blue album. Yeah, that could have been a shout. Um, who else? I'm trying to think of some more bands going through Spotify. I know they played this year, but Green Day doing like. Dookie and oh, even like American Idiot American Idiot would have been the one for me I wouldn't yeah. have had any interest in Dookie AFI on the lineup. I wish they put it in alphabetical order because <laughs> uh, Sing the Sorrow in would have yeah. been fucking fire one album Craig says dates remember homesick but they are playing that in full they are indeed do you know what record I'd have gone for instead and this is a left of field shout Common Courtesy I think Common Courtesy is their best album. Yeah, that had... Um, right back at right it again. Back at it again. Sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. City of Akala. City of Akala as well. End of Me, great single. What other big bands? I tell you what, Electric Callboy, and it's not a throwback band, but Electric Callboy doing Techno Train. <laughs> oh, sorry, Techno in full would have been fucking hilarious. Yeah. I'd have loved to have they seen that. They should just that. do that anyway. Yeah. Like, I think, oh, my days. Destroy, rebuild until God shows. Doing yeah, that drugs. record in full. Wait, aren't Chiodos playing? Chiodos are playing. I'd have taken drugs got... over Chiodos, man. Yeah. I don't know. That, album, that Chiodos album's sick, though. Is it better than the drugs one? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't really listen to the drugs ones. Though. Did you not? I listened to, like, the singles. Oh, my days. 
Yeah, I mean, Dr. Scott, Funeral for Friend, doing casually dressed in its entirety would have been great, but you've got to think it's a US yeah. festival, so Funeral for Friend probably don't have the same presence in the Although States. It was great, because I went to see them on the casually dressed tour. The only, only beef I had was they didn't play the album in order. Really? So they played the album, but it wasn't the track order from the record, which I thought was weird. That is strange. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have pegged that have been a decision. Yeah, because it, it flows so nicely as an album. Yeah, because that's almost the point to an extent is people hearing it as is on record. Yeah, I like that when they finished the album, the rest of the set was like a song from each era. Nice. From So they played like uh, this year's mo- most open heartbreak and then they went to the next album. Well, uh, they skipped Casually Dressed, obviously. Yeah. And then they did uh, a couple from ours. And then finished on on the new ones. I don't. Know. That would have been sick. I don't. Uh, they'd have had to spend a lot of money to get it. But Twenty One Pilots doing Vessel in its entirety would have been unbelievable. Yeah, that's a good one. Because that album turns ten years old this year. Is it? Yeah, man. How mad is it that Sempaternal and Vessel both came out in the same year? Ten years old. Yeah. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Another eight years. Don't be allowed to drink. <laughs> well. My friends, we are slightly over time on today's show. We did actually start slightly late, though, didn't we? Because we were having camera issues again. Yeah. We actually switched to the B camera. John's so watching it on. But actually, I think we fixed it now. We just have to... Uh, get some new batteries. You just need to get a better computer. <laughs> <laughs> we're using too much CPU. Thanks, bro. If that makes any sense to anyone. So just... Ollie's, Ollie's solution is, John, can you spend more money? Listen, I want you to get at least 64 gigs of RAM. M- M2 chip out from Apple. Is the M2 chip out? Yeah. Is it? M3? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to cost you about two, five grand. Yeah. Get, get a Mac Pro, the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. So put, get a loan out. Yeah, man. And then we'll stream the highest quality you've ever seen. Yeah. And then the show will make some money. <laughs> We don't do it for the money, my friends. We do it for the love of the game. Thank you ever so much for joining us today. And in fact, I can tell you one of the guests that's going to be joining us on the show next week. This is news to me. Right? Look at me being fucking prepared. So I am working on a second guest for next week's show. But our first guest joining us hour one, we're going to have Nikki from Blood Command. Ooh, I like that band. Yeah, they've got a tour happening at the start of December in the UK. Sick. So I thought it would be good to chat to Nikki about that. So, yeah, and then there's, there's two bands playing When We Were Young Festival that I'm trying to get a hold of. I've hit up both of them. Gerard, if, you, if, you're, <laughs> if you're listening, get on. If you are indeed listening. Oh, Dr. Scott, before we get out of here, says Alkaline Trio doing Good Morning, Good morning yeah. in its entirety or Crimson. Oh, surely from here to infirmary. Yeah. Would be... My choice. Anyway. Shaking like a dog shit in razor blades. My friends, thank you ever so much for joining us on the John Mohan show this evening. All that's left for me to say is my name's John Mohan. Peace and love. Stay alive. And I'm Ollie Rout. Go fuck yourself. Uh, Peace. Get it. <laughs>